Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Alex McFarland. It's Truth and Liberty. We have a special show tonight, a great show, and uh, I'll give the number because we want your calls and questions in a few moments. The number, if you care to call in, 719-619-2341. Hi, Alex McFarland here. I'll begin with a mind-boggling statistic. Okay, during the Biden administration, 7.3 million illegals have crossed the southern border and now are in the nation, 7.3 million and counting, and that number is larger than the population of 36 U.S. states. Think about that. Hi, welcome to this edition of Truth and Liberty. We've got a great show. Author, cultural commentator Wayne White is with us, and we'll get to a conversation with Wayne White. We'll get to your questions and more. I do want to give you an update about last week. Richard Harris and I were in Nashville for National Religious Broadcasters. We heard Donald Trump in person. I want to give you some of the content of the more than an hour and 20-minute speech that we heard, plus comments from David. Feldman, the former ambassador, ambassador to Israel, but some exciting announcements, and you might recognize I'm in studio. Uh, I'm at Karis and Andrew Womack Ministries at HQ, we call it, the main studios here. And uh, so I'm not remote, and that sets my heart at ease, because as good as the equipment is, sometimes when I'm 1,862 miles away in a remote studio, sometimes there are glitches. And when I'm here in studio, everything works so wonderfully. And I want to say how much I appreciate this great crew that every night, five nights a week, they make Truth and Liberty possible. But just, if you would, take note of some exciting things going on, uh, how God's people People can transform America, CTN. Now, tomorrow night, this is going to be great, right after Truth and Liberty tomorrow, February 28th, they're going to be on ctnonline.com. You can check out how God's people can transform America. Two personal friends are going to be on there. One is Dr. George Barna of the Barna Research Group. He and I did radio last week. We were together at NRB. And of course, Bill Federer, just a national treasure, incredibly prolific author, trusted voice on American history and cultural commentary. Bill Federer, Pastor Mark Payne, Bishop Charles Martin. Now, uh, Truth and Liberty airs 3.30 to 5 Mountain Time, 5.30 to 7 East Coast Time, and so forth in whatever time zone you happen to be in. I want to encourage you to watch this. This is amazing. And last week, for a couple of hours, I was on radio and recording with George Barna. Brilliant. Oh, my goodness. What a brilliant analyst and a researcher and cultural commentator. You don't want to miss that. That's tomorrow, February 28th, How God's People Can Transform America. But also, mark your calendar, March 7, 8, and 9, Men's Advance. That's going to be here at Karis Bible College on the campus, 800 
Gospel Truth Way, Woodland Park, Colorado. Now, in person, you'll hear Andrew Womack, Todd White, Jeremy Pearsons, Billy Epperhart. It's great. You don't want to miss Men's Advance. I was there last year. I wish I could be there this year, but I'll be on the road speaking. But uh, you can go to awmi.net slash events and learn about that great event. And come, if you've never been on the campus of Karis Bible College, you will not be disappointed. It's great. Then March 29 and 30, March is a great month. David, King of Jerusalem, Elizabeth Murin and her amazing drama department and team, the, the plays and musicals they put on, Broadway wishes they could do stuff this good. I mean, it's just amazing. March 29 and 30th, Friday at 7 p.m., Saturday, too. There's a 10 a.m. matinee, then 4 p.m. Saturday afternoon, March 29th and 30th. And you can go to awmi.net slash events. Now, the Friday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, that'll be 9 p.m. East Coast, 8 Central, 6 Pacific. That's going to be live streamed as well. And so you can get full information. David, King of Jerusalem, awmi.net slash events. And then finally, in the month of April, April 3 through 5, Karis Campus Days. This is amazing. I was on the phone just a little while ago with Mike Pickett and all that's going on. I'm teaching apologetics one and two. I'm teaching biblical worldview parts one and two. And then I'm also teaching this week in the, the School of Practical Government. Karis is so unique because of there's business, there's ministry, missions, uh, IT in ministry, computers and web and IT in ministry. Of course, the School of Practical Government. It is world class and we're working on an apologetics program that it will roll out in the fall of 24. So much going on. It is the most exciting Christian university that I know of, and I've spoken at a lot. And so maybe you want to come to Campus Days, April 3 through 5, spring of 24. Uh, Andrew is going to be there, Mike and Carrie Pickett, Greg Moore, just some of my beloved colleagues in ministry, Wendell Parr, you, you'll love this guy. Barry Bennett, Daniel Bennett. Uh, Barry Bennett, just an incredible Bible teacher. So make plans to be here in April. Check out what God is doing at Karis and the Great Commission. Uh, you know, it's funny, about 10 years ago, I was with the leadership of Liberty University, and I've taught out there. And around the table, we were talking, this was a decade ago, and I was with some great visionary leaders. And they said, in the future, the Great Commission, telling the world of Jesus that Christian education will play a key role in the Great Commission. And we're seeing that at Karis. Uh, the dorms are going up, student housing. You owe it to yourself, whether you're looking at uh, education for uh, ministry preparation or just for personal growth and personal enrichment. Come and see something incredibly exciting that God is doing through Christian education here at Karis. And the website is uh, uh, Karis Bible College. Just Google it. You'll find it or go to awmi.net. Well, I want to change gears 
and bring up an author I've come to appreciate. In recent months, we've done a couple of radio and webcast conversations together. His name is Wayne White. He's a businessman. He's originally from Florida, and he's written an incredible book. It's a little bit of a, a disheartening book, but I'm hopefully, hopefully it'll be a motivational book. And you'll read this. It's a very factual, it's a very eye-opening book, The Decline of America, The Rise of Communism. It's available on Amazon or wherever you buy books. But we're going to talk about this, plus we're going to take some questions. And I've got some questions that I think will prompt some phone calls. But uh, Wayne White, thank you for your stand for God and country, your stand for America, and thanks for being with us tonight on Truth and Liberty. Alex, I appreciate you having me back. Yeah, it's, it's good to have you. Uh, talk about the book, if you would, and just how you got as a, a businessman, a real estate developer. Uh, you served our country in the Air Force. But what led you to write this book on the decline of America? And what is your, your message to this country? Well, believe it or not, I read the Communist Manifesto when I was 13 years old. So I was kind of a nut back then, I guess, because not many 13-year-olds read the Communist Manifesto. So I've been interested in communism and what it does to the world. And uh, it, it it is a devastating, um, you know, ideology. I mean, the UN said, uh, and this was 10 years ago, that they were responsible, and the UN is not exactly a conservative group, that the communism was responsible for over 110 million murders. And so it's a, it's a bad thing. And we've kind of ignored it. And that's how we got where we are. And that's what I talk about in the book. I bring it forward in a chronological manner. And uh, <laughs> uh, the other day, just very quickly, I read something on the internet to show you how misleading that can be that was put out by Monica Crawley. And she was talking about how they had infiltrated the country. And then yeah. there was a fact check by a thing called political facts or something. And they said they had interviewed over a dozen people. And they all said, no, that there was no communist influence in the United States. And I thought, well, there you go. That's the problem. You can't get yeah. any truth. About the only place you can get the truth is if you pick the Bible up anymore. It's sad. But uh, yes, so I have been uh, an advocate for letting people know about the devil within. Yeah. Uh, listen to this, uh, Mr. White, and I think you'll find this interesting. About 14 years ago, it was the summer of 2010, and I was in upstate New York, and I was speaking. There was a, a summer conference at a college. I'm trying to think of the name of it. But uh, at any rate, we had a, a panel discussion um, that was uh, actually out here in Colorado. And there was James Dobson and there was Charles Colson. You remember Chuck Colson, rest right. his soul, brilliant uh, biblical worldview guy. And there were a number of people, and there was a, a, a Catholic priest that was a very pro-life, very godly man. And there was David Noble of Summit Ministries, uh, which is a worldview ministry not far from here. But anyway, uh, we had some pretty uh, high-powered Christian thinkers around the table. And there was Del Tackett of the Truth Project and Lee Strobel, a, f a friend and a colleague. 
and Erwin Lutzer from Moody Church. But we were talking about different things. There was, you know, immorality, the rise of the homosexual movement. Um, there was, you know, liberal politics. David Noble said this. He said, well, uh, guys, the 800-pound gorilla in the room conspiring to destroy America is the rise of communism. And I remember we kind of looked at each other. This was 14 years ago, the summer of 2010. And, and I thought, really? Well, you know, there was the Reagan revolution, the economy. In spite of the Clinton years, the economy is doing really good. And George W. Bush, you know, was a two-term Republican president. Really? Communism? And uh, James Dobson said, well, elaborate. And, and David Noble did. And I'll never forget this one particular Catholic priest was on the table, uh, the round table. And he said, that's right. You know, there are those... And, and in the Democrat Party, it's not just left-leaning and tax and spend liberalism. It is Marxism. Well, anyway, fast forward to the 21st century, and we've seen the rise of Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez and just factions within the Democrat Party that, um, hey, ignoring the Constitution, forget the rule of law, uh, they are, I, I believe David Noble was right, Dr. David Noble, that communism, they're, they're finally doing what they've wanted to do for 75 to 100 years is see the breakdown of the American family, the, the, break, the weakening of American Christianity, uh, the breakdown of constitutional republicanism, I'm not talking about the Republican Party. I'm talking about a representative republic, a Republican form of government. It was 15 years ago. I think David Noble was right. I'm sad to say communism has a shot at bringing down the America we have known and previously known and cherished. Would you, would you agree? Uh, I would agree, and it goes back, and, and I don't know if you've read the book, but one of the first chapters in it, and you can Google this and look it up, but our congressman from Leesburg here in 1963, by unanimous consent, he introduced the 45 goals of communism. And you just covered a lot of them. You know, do away with the parenting, do away with religion. You know, communism is the religion. They're, they are the state and, and everybody yeah. under them are just puppets. And yes, they, um, I mean, they have controlled the educational system and I cover all this in my book. Most people don't realize, but the largest teacher organization in the world is the National Educational Association, but they wouldn't believe it if you told them it was founded in 1857 by a really? Marxist. And if you really? read some of their things through the years, I mean, how anybody could say communism is an influence on us, it must be had their head in the sand or something. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, I think you're right. And uh, l let's talk about this. And folks, if you're just tuning in, I want you to be aware of Wayne White's book, The Decline of America, The Rise of Communism. I would encourage you to read it. If you've got a question, uh, we are going to in just about 13 minutes take calls. The number is going to be, and write this number down if you would, 719 619 2341. 
So let me give some things here and you comment on these. Uh, crushing debt, the devaluing of the dollar, the economy that is just, we're almost to the point where it, it would take the entire annual GDP just to pay the interest on the national debt. Um, we're, we're not really growing the economy. Wayne, uh, the late Lee Iacocca talked about how we're, we're like a colony. We don't build things anymore. We import things. China builds things and, and other nations, but um, we've outsourced. We don't make our own steel. The majority of drywall, you know, uh, um, sheetrock is imported. Um, that we're, Iacocca said, like a colony that brings things in from elsewhere, but we're not manufacturing, at least not to the degree that we did. And of course, our, the moral foundation that any society must have the rule of law, order, trust, truth, morality. Um, what, what are some of the other characteristics that, Wayne, make you think that we are ripe for being taken over? Well, one thing a lot of people miss is this is not an American problem. This is a world problem. As you know, Christianity around the world is under attack. Yeah. And the, the problem is, and this is my next book, is about what we have is think of an iceberg and what you can see on top is about 10%. And that's the communist. And that's the red herring that's out there but underneath is the real problem, and that's the one-worlders, the CFR, the trilaterals, the now the new uh, World Economic Forum. These are all nations that want to rule the world. And so it's a world problem. And when you see, uh, and I think we talked about this maybe last time, there is no way that the uh, Palestinians uh, have the money or the wherewithal or the organization to have worldwide protest that yes. is organized by the communists because their whole thing is stir things up, you know, and <laughs> the debt, well, that, that has to do, and, and I write about that with the, uh, you know, Federal Reserve and the central banks around the world. Mm -hmm. And I think it was uh, Rothschild in the 1800s that says, I don't care who's running the country, as long as I run the money or control the money. And he's right, if you control the money. And the interesting thing about the debt, which most people don't know, the majority of it has not gone to serve the American people. The majority of it has gone to bail out companies and they're gonna do it again. They're gonna bail out these states that are complaining because of the, like California and New York because, because of immigration. And they're gonna bail them out with tax dollars from people who don't want immigration, illegal immigration. Huh. So the money doesn't go to help Americans, and you can see that with immigration. Um, the number of people that are suffering in this country from inflation and everything else, and yet we are spending billions and billions of dollars on illegals. And uh, oh, why? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Well, well, speak to that, if you would. I mean, just in prepping for our conversation today, Wayne, I was reading that 
Uh, 7.3 million illegals are in the country now getting services, uh, you know, getting health care, uh, children getting educated, in many cases getting cell phones, getting food stamps. Uh, so w <laughs> our nation invented television, telephone, computers, air conditioning, and in the 60s, put people on the moon with computers far less sophisticated than what I hold in my hand. And you mean to tell me that we can't secure our southern and northern borders? Clearly, this is intentional. Speak to oh, this. Absolutely. It's, Why? It is to destroy the country. Let me give you a more interesting statistic. Over 30,000 Chinese have crossed the border, which is the largest, I think, single identifiable number of, uh, of, uh, of a group. And the interesting thing is a couple of brothers went down and joined the movement and followed them all the way up, the, immig the immigrants from, you know, uh, all the different Latin Americas, and they followed them. But when they got to a certain part of Mexico, they found the Chinese were staying in a very classy hotel they were eating in the restaurant. They had been flown there, and then they are bussed up to the border and crossed. So they were well taken care of. Now, you know and I know you don't get out of China unless they want you to. Exactly. And to be taken care of like that, these are spies, as if we didn't have enough of them. You yeah. know. And so, I mean, this is deliberate. It's illegal. And unfortunately, it, it, we're in a bad situation, and you're right. It, it may take divine intervention to save us at this point because we have ignored. I, I go back, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, uh, again, in the 60s. In 1965, one of the best things I ever heard was Paul Harvey's If I Were the Devil. And Amen. if you haven't yeah. played that recently, you ought to have your audience go back and play it. Because Folks, that's yeah, forgive me. Yeah. yeah, folks, go online. Paul Harvey, great American. He was a Christian. Yes, it's online. Paul Harvey recorded this, and I've heard it in that inimitable voice of his. But if I were the devil, folks, go, you'll find it online. Listen to that. It's, it's um, thought-provoking for sure. But forgive me for interrupting. Continue, and then I've got a couple of questions I want to ask you. Well, and the other thing, in, in April of 1961, Kennedy made a speech to the press corps, and part of the end of it was, if we allow censorship, we will have a dictatorship. And let me tell you about censorship real quickly. I changed the subtitle of my book because when it first came out, it was, you know, the spread of communism, and I advertised it on Facebook. I got 38,000 hits on it the very first three days, every single one of them was nasty. In fact, I love one of them. It said, you can tell he's a racist by his last name. Now, if I'd known that, I'd have chose parents with the last name Rich. But, yeah. you know, and so I changed the name because if you use communism, you will get attacked and attacked viciously because most people don't understand Marxism. You know, but you tell people, uh, you mentioned communism, you call the Democratic Party communist, you call some of these other organizations, Black Lives Matter and all these oh, yeah. others, communists, people understand that. They know what's going on in Russia. They know what's going on in China. They know what's going on in Cuba. 
they can relate to communism, and that's why they don't want you using that word. Well, yeah, and and uh, BLM uh, is a Marxist organization. You know, it, it's just funny. One one of the ways that uh, a cultural coup is attempted also is those with an ideology getting a hold of the press, the media. And uh, do you remember, this was, I think, during late 2020, and it was on CNN. And of course, you know, churches weren't allowed to meet. Churches were not necessary, but liquor stores and Walmart were. But there was some CNN person covering a, a BLM rally, and behind, you could see, you know, a city block was on fire. And this CNN person said, well, there's a peaceful protest going on. Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know, that, uh, you know, the problem, uh, Alex, is, and you probably run into this, people who watch Fox and conservative news are, th those stations are preaching to the choir, just like the ones that watch the left wing, what I call the state government news. They're preaching to the choir. What we've got to do is get that second choir that doesn't know what's going on in the country. We've got to somehow find a way to educate them. And remember, for years I gave a speech and I said, I can tell you the answer to every problem on the planet. And I can't. It's nine simple words. Whoever controls the input controls the outcome. And that's the Explain. Truth. Well, in other words, I never, I never met a Muslim mother rocking her six-month-old baby saying, I can't wait till you grow up and blow yourself up. They learn that. It's put into their head. And the same thing right now in our schools. Our, our, children, our adult children can't tell you who the president, first president of the United States was. They can't tell you what Thomas Edison did. They can't tell you what Alec, uh, uh, Alexander Graham Bell did. They don't even know why we celebrate the 4th of July, but they can tell you who Stalin is. They can tell you who Lenin is. So whoever is putting thoughts into your head is the one that's gonna control things. Unfortunately, and my book explains this in detail and documents it, the people who have controlled everything in this country for the last 80 or 90 years have been the communists. They got into the educational system. They got into the entertainment system. They got into the news media. Uh, now they're into Facebook and all the social media, and, and Congress has said that. So yeah. it's ever who controls the input is gonna control the outcome. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great observation. Now, folks, we've got a lot of questions, not the least of which, and totally unrelated here. Why is Nikki Haley still in the presidential race? Why do you think after such a, a resounding defeat in her home state of South Carolina, I taught in South Carolina for eight years at a pretty major Christian university, and I knew a lot of the people in the South Car Carolina Republican politics. And I've got to say, even when Nikki was governor in South Carolina, uh, and I, look, I knew the upper echelon of the, the RNC. They didn't like her even then. She just lost. Why is Nikki Haley still in the race? If you want to weigh in on that or what Wayne White and I are talking about, about the decline of America, the rise of communism, uh, call in. You'll get in. Uh, we have lines open. After this brief break, we're going to get to phone calls. That number, by the way, 719-619-2341. 
call, you will get in, lines are open, and uh, we'll get as many calls and questions as we can. Uh, Wayne, before we go to a break, uh, your website, where can people find this very significant book, and where is your website? Tell us that, please. The website is um, americadecline.com, and it's, it's also americadecline.net, and you can get the book on Amazon, either in uh, audio, uh, you know, where you can listen to it, uh, and on the break, I'll tell you something where I can send it to you. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's a good place, and I recommend they read it. And, and the new title, which I, a subtitle I had to change, is A Cancer Spreading Through America Because Communism Gets Too Many Attacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, folks, here's the thing. Truth and Liberty coming to you five nights a week. The gospel is free. Truth is free. It does take resources to deliver this free message. Maybe you want to partner with us. You can go to truthandliberty.net slash donate. We're back after this. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth Liberty and become a member today. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. Alex McFarland here coming to you live from headquarters at Andrew Womack Ministries International, Karis Bible College. So honored that you're watching. We're going to get to calls and uh, more of our uh, conversation with Wayne White. He's written The Decline of America, The Rise of Communism. Uh, by the way, folks, I want to make you aware of my own travel schedule. My website, which is alexmcfarland.com, just my name, alexmcfarland.com. I've got some exciting stuff coming up. Uh, this weekend, I'll be in Cincinnati, Ohio, Landmark Church, Pastor Matt Holman, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. I'll be preaching on biblical worldview, the culture, just a lot going on. There is a, a special men's event Saturday morning, so I'd love to see you if you're in the Cincinnati, Ohio area. Then March 8, 9, and 10, I'll be in Frankfort, Indiana, the Faith and Family event. And uh, we're excited about that. I was just on the radio with the organizers of that. They've got a lot of churches together. If you just go to my website and you'll find a tab, 
calendar, you'll see where I'm going to be. When I'm in Indiana, I would love to see you. And then I go back to Karis. I'm teaching in the School of Practical Government. And then after that in March, we've got an evangelistic crusade in Plainview, Texas. I'll be there six nights in Plainview, Texas. A lot of churches came together. They invited me and they said, we want you to preach the gospel. We're going to bring unsaved people and I'll be explaining how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And again, go to my website, alexmcfarland.com. Just look at the calendar and you'll see my tour schedule for the spring. And speaking of having a relationship with Christ, we have a prayer line. And tonight, you know, we're talking about saving the country, but maybe what needs attention is your walk with God. And we've got a number. The number is 719-635-1111. Look, no strings attached. We're not calling to ask you for your money. We just want to help you and pray with you. And there are people standing by right now with a Bible, a copy of God's Word, whatever your situation just uh, you'll find a compassionate listener and some wisdom and some insight. We just want to help and encourage you, pray with you. That number, if you need spiritual help, it's 719-635-1111. Back to our conversation with, with Wayne White. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to me, Wayne, I want to cue this up. President Barack Obama, two terms, um, our first African-American president. And I remember he said that they were going to fundamentally uh, change our government. Well, uh, I don't think we realized how serious he was about that. And there were illegals then. And, you know, for those that want to become citizens, there is INS, there's immigration naturalization, and you can assimilate. But I remember this, uh, Wayne, and I want your comments on this. When people ask Obama about illegals crossing in, and it, it was a, a mere fraction of what it's been under Joe Biden, and people said, look, secure the border. You've got tax-paying American citizens. Uh, illegals come in here. They've got, they go on the dole. They need services. They commit crimes. And people asked then President Obama, why don't you deport these illegals? And I'll never forget what he said. He said, well, that's just not who we are. We're America. We're compassionate. Now, I, I work with a lot of teenagers and teens that they don't know a lot of the big picture. They were like, yeah, that's right. We're compassionate. Well, when you realize there is no repercussion, there is no rule of law, you can come here, commit crimes, and there's no reckoning day. Not, not surprisingly, uh, illegal immigration just increased. And Barack Obama, forget the rule of law, forget the interest of taxpaying American citizens, forget upholding the Constitution. Barack Obama just says, well, you know, that's not who we are. We're compassionate. Come one, come all. Here's my point. I think this is intentional. It weakens the country. It destroys the economy. It, you've got masses of people that are now, as Elon Musk said today, likely going to vote Democrat. You've got like New York trying to let illegals vote. Um, this is a concerted effort 
to dismantle our lawful representative republic. Wayne, would you agree? I'm going to tell you something, and I hope I don't offend anybody, but I document it really well in the book. Not only was Barack Obama our first black president, he was our first communist president. You can't hardly find anybody in his life from the time he was born until he graduated from college and became president that isn't a known communist. And I documented in my book. And an interesting thing is, he said one of the things when he left office, he said, I can't run for a third term. And this is, you can find this on YouTube. He said, I don't have to run for a third term. I just have to put somebody in office I can control. Now, an interesting thing happened the other day. On television, Biden was introducing, I can't remember whether it was a Pakistan or Indian president, and when he came to the podium, he says, and your good friend Barack Obama is right over there in the wings. So that tells you who's running the country. But uh, yes, he, Biden he said that. America. Yes, and again, you, it, it was on Fox. And, wow. and I'm sure he got scolded for it because oh, yeah. he didn't mean to say that. And you could almost see the people in the background going, oh, my God. You know, oh, I know. But anybody that thinks a guy that can't hold a press conference is running this country. And, and a lot of people don't realize the people in the administration are the second tier of Obama's administration. And the first tier is still out there working. So, yes. In fact, I get so sick and tired of people on television, talking heads, going, why would they do that? Why would they do that? All you got to do is ask one question. Alex, just ask this one question anytime you have that thought in your head. Is it going to hurt America or is it good for America? And you will find out 99% of the time it's going to hurt America, and that's what they are about. Yeah. All right, just two days ago, uh, they shot down another Chinese spy balloon. This time they didn't let it leisurely careen over North America for an entire week. They shot it down. All right, folks, the number, if you want to weigh in on this conversation, it's 719-619-2341. Wayne, you you remember uh, two years ago, the balloon that went over America and for three and a half, four hours on a Saturday afternoon, hovered directly above Fort Bragg, now called Fort Liberty. But do do you remember that? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, I've spoken at Fort Bragg on the base to the men. I've spoken at all the churches around Cumberland County, Fayetteville. There's a lot of Christians at Fort Bragg, and there are a lot of... uh, Well, it's our largest military installation. On any given day, there are 50,000 people on the base at Fort Bragg and usually more like over 100. And our intel, Fort Bragg is absolutely connected to the Pentagon, connected out here in Colorado to NORAD. I know all this. I know a lot of people that work in all of these places. Here's my point. That Chinese spy balloon that hovered over Fort Bragg, um, was trolling the computers, and it finally moved on and went over to Myrtle Beach, uh, which is in South Carolina, and finally it was shot down. And everybody was asking, why did Biden let that thing go from Alaska across the northwest part of America, heartland America, 
one of our most critical for national security uh, and intel. There it stayed for hours and hours and hours, uh, you know, electronically gleaning Lord knows what. And about that same time, folks, just to show how compromised our country is, about that same time during the first Chinese spy balloon, uh, it was reported that our president, many people don't know this, and you, maybe you don't know this, maybe you do. Did you know our president, Joe Biden, is an adjunct professor at the University of Pennsylvania? He's a history professor. Did you know that, Wayne? <laughs> Didn't know that. Um, and uh, Lord knows I pray for the president. I, I don't say this sarcastically or out of ill will. Um, I just can only imagine what a history course under Joe Biden would be like. But at any rate, um, China, China, how has the Biden Center at U the University of Pennsylvania been funded? Well, $200 million has been donated to the University of Pennsylvania. And the president is an adjunct professor. And there is the Biden Center, which is a think tank, uh, with a lot and, of top secret uh, boxes in it. Yeah, exactly. And so people said, why did the Biden administration let that, the Chinese spy balloons hover over our country? Well, here's the thing. Um, you're not going to uh, vandalize and shoot down property owned by your employer. <laughs> anyway, here's, here's my point. Our, this administration, whether it be President Obama waiting in the wings, calling the shots, whether it be Chinese money getting laundered through the University of Pennsylvania, finding its way into the, the checkbook of our president. This is an administration that is compromised. And I, may God help us, the leadership of our country has gone to the highest bidder, at least in part, to China. It's very sad, isn't it? There's no question about it, but I, <laughs> I love you, Alex, but you answered your own question or you didn't use what I told you to. You asked why, and all you have to do is say, is it good for America or bad for America? It was bad for America for a Chinese balloon to float across and photograph, you know, all across the United States. It didn't just float. It zigzagged and went over bases and everything else. And the answer is, believe me when I tell you, and this, the interesting thing is if you tell people the Democratic Party is communist, and they go, well, no, no, I'm not a communist. Well, there's a way to find out. You can take that list of 45 and say, did you protest when they were tearing down statues? Did you protest when they wanted to take away the parents' rights? Did you protest, you know, when they were teaching bad things to kids? And if they didn't, then unknowingly, yes, they are communist, mm -hmm. you know. And, and that's there are a lot of people that honestly don't know they're communist because they've been indoctrinated and, and they vote for these people. But that's like I, I'm still trying to figure out how 40 percent of the country with stuff that anybody can see is still for Biden. I, I don't under or Democrat. I don't understand. Yeah. You know, I, I want to get to the 45 goals and where they originated. But last Thursday night, folks, uh, Richard Harris and I, Richard, who is one of the co-hosts of Truth and Liberty, we were in Nashville to hear Donald Trump speak. And uh, 
I, you know, I've heard Donald Trump seven or eight times. I've met him a couple of times, but I, I've never heard a more impassioned speech. And Donald Trump said this. He said, I can't, and I quote, he said, I can't for the life of me know why any Christian would ever vote for a Democrat. Now, uh, whether it be life, marriage, morals, gender, the rule of law, our relationship with the nation of Israel. I mean, it's pretty clear where the worldviews are aligned. Uh, and I, look, I'm not about party. I'm about principles and policies. But I got to tell you, uh, Wayne, why, if you're a, a, a patriotic Christian, you love America, you claim to follow Christ, people, I don't know why a professed 40% of the country would be for Biden either when, um, you know, besides the Constitution, the Democrat Party is so antithetical to not only God's Word, but reality itself. But I often say, Alex, that I, I, don't, uh, I don't know how Democrats can go to church on Sunday uh, because as far as I know, and I've done some research on this, and if I'm wrong, I'm willing to listen to somebody that can find it. But the only people that I know that are trying to do away with religion in this country are Democratic organizations. Yeah. So I don't know how you go to church on Sunday and pretend and, and vote for Democrats. You know, I don't understand it. But then I don't understand how people can say they're for women's rights and pro-abortion and burn down clinics, Christian clinics that want to help ladies who want to have their child. It yeah. doesn't compute. And a lot of what they do does not compute because they their only goal is to destroy this country. Yeah. It, it, it is, really. And it boils down to this, folks. Um, you will have a God in your life. Either it's the true and living God, the God of the Bible, or it's a God of your own making. And for socialists, Marxists, the God, the ultimate thing, the summum bonum, it's the state. It's not the family. It's not the church. It's not your individual rights, as, a, uh, as Jefferson wrote, a person created by God with inalienable rights. For the communist, the God is the state, the Tower of Babel that they're building. And that's, you know, it, it's nothing can stand in the way of that. But Wayne, I want to um, ask you the 45 goals of communism. Where did they originate? What are some of those? Well, they, they originally came from a book called The Naked Communist, but they were introduced by uh, Senator Herlong or Congressman Herlong, and you can Google it. And, and the first few, now you have to remember, this is 1964, have to do with Russia because China in the 60s was a third world country. It wasn't until Nixon uh, went out with all of his CFR members and trilaterals and everything and brought them into the World Bank and the World Trade Organization. And we started buying everything from them that they became a world power. 
Mm-hmm. And the other thing they did was they sent out spies to every country in the world that made anything. But uh, the 45 goals, once you get past the Russian part of it, because they were the big spires and the, the people that everybody feared, uh, but you get into some practical things like eliminating the FBI, uh, taking over the news organizations, taking over one or both of the political parties. Uh, there is a whole list of things, and I recommend anybody that hasn't seen it, go look at it and personally check off the things that you have witnessed in the last 20 or 30 years where they have done exactly what they told us. And that's the sad thing. They gave us the playbook, and mm-hmm. they said, here's what we're going to do to you. And we turned our nose up. We literally yeah. turned our nose up. In fact, I have been trying, Alex, to get some uh, congressman to reintroduce that into the House. And I guarantee you, it wouldn't be unanimous. Guarantee yeah. you. Yeah. Well, but, and, and you know, what's inconsistent, by the way, I, I've got Christian friends that say they would never vote for Donald Trump. And look, like it or not, folks, the man most responsible for the overturning of Roe versus Wade was Donald Trump by appointing pro-life, natural law, Supreme Court justices, uh, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. But um, tell you what, I want to get a couple of calls in. And uh, the number, we're going to go to Robert in Georgia first. The number is 719-619-2341. Folks, I want to say this. You can be used by God to help save America. And may God grant that our nation is supernaturally interceded for. You can pray. You can vote. You can influence those around you. You can read Wayne White's book, The Decline of America. Wayne, I um, call me naive, but uh, I'm a fighter. And I, I believe this nation can be saved. It must be saved. Folks, we cannot just roll over and play dead and say, Oh, well, I'll just, I'll just live until I die and I'll go to heaven someday. No, let's fight for our beloved country. Uh, why should we just let the, the godless atheist and communist have it? Let's go to Georgia. Robert in Georgia, welcome to Truth and Liberty. Yes, uh, what I wanted to ask him about was... Uh uh, has he ever heard of the book, None Dare Call It Treason? None yes. Dare? Yes. Yes. Um, it was written in the 70s uh, by an ex-senator, and it's very good. That's another one I recommend. Uh, I got some of my research out of it. Uh, it's very interesting. And, uh, again, we were warned. I mean, there, there are plenty of books out there that said, hey, this is coming. This is what's going to happen. And we just didn't listen. I was talking to a group of retirees the other day, and I said, we're the ones to blame because we let this happen. I'm 81 years old. I got I was out there preaching against it, so I can't say, but I guess, I guess I didn't do a good enough job because mm-hmm. we let it happen. It's not like, you know, a lot of people think all this stuff has just come about in the last 10 or 20 years. Absolutely not. It's been growing like a fungus. 
You know, I, I remember that book because it sent, my parents had it. Uh, Joseph Stormer was the author, S-T-O-R-M-E-R, -E and he was originally from Pennsylvania. It came out in 1964, None Dare Call It Treason. And, you know, uh, Robert, um, I'm glad you bring that up because that was a book, that was one of many that, that rang the bell trying to warn people about the, the rise, the little incremental rise of communism now that is nearly in full flower. Robert, um, have you read that book from years back, None Dare Call It Treason? Have I? Are you talking to yeah, Robert, the caller, have, have you read the book? And is there anything in particular you wanted to point out for us from that book, Robert? Yeah, it warned us about communism and how it was going to creep up on us. And this was from the Young Americans Foundation. And I was uh, able to read that in 1964. Wow. Wow. Well, well folks, look, and, and one of the people that was very prophetic and he changed his political affiliation over this was uh, Ronald Reagan. Reagan was a Democrat. He became a Republican, one of our greatest presidents. You know, I, I remember I used to think that the greatest president of our lifetime that I would ever get to vote for, the first time I ever voted was for Reagan running for reelection. And as great as I, uh, Reagan was, and I revere Ronald Reagan, but um, I think Trump is the greatest president I've ever voted for. I really do. But uh, thank you. Let's go to Robert in Florida. Uh, Robert in Florida, our second caller tonight. Thanks for holding. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Hi, Alex. How are you doing? I'm good over here. In Co I want to say Cocoa Beach, Florida, because that's where I grew up, you know, with Rocket, uh, starting early or mid-50s. Uh, that's just where I was at the time until I was born in 1962. Uh, yeah. Thank you for the Cuban Missile Crisis, because I didn't know much about it. Um, there was an author, David E. Hoffman, who wrote The Dead Hand. But um, I did read it, and it, it sparked my question, which was to Wayne. I wanted to ask you, uh, what is the victory of the Lord that we see? It says, what is the victory of the Lord our God against Gog and the enemies of Israel, like we see in Ezekiel 38, 39, and even in Psalm 83, it talk about the enemies of Israel. What, what is this victory of the Lord that, that God— um, referring to? Is this a complete total victory by God over these uh, campaigns against the U.S. And, and Israel? Well, Alex would be better qualified to answer that, but I, I can certainly tell you this. I hope so, mm -hmm. you know, and I will tell you something that I think it was Stalin said. He said, we may have trouble overtaking America because of its religious, its patriotism, and its moral character. Now, did you get that? The religious, the moral character. I mean, this is what Stalin said would be the big problem about taking over America. And that was, you know, in the 50s. Yeah. So what would you attack if you were a communist? I would attack religion and the moral yeah. character. And they've certainly done that. Uh, Robert, a great question. I mean, the good news um, and this should be a source of encouragement for every Christian is that Christ is triumphant. You know, during the Protestant Reformation 500 years ago, um, the Protestants would talk about Christus Victor, that Jesus is victorious. And ultimately, 
You, you know, first of all, the restoration of the nation of Israel, May 14, 1948, after being non-existent for nearly 2,000 years, Israel was reborn in a day. That, that is a miracle. And today, um, you know, 77 years later, Israel is a superpower. They, they really are. Now, what will happen, though, as Ezekiel 38 uh, portends and Psalm 83, um, Ezekiel 38 really speaks of Russia coming against Israel just shortly before the return of Christ. And Russia and China are in a league to try to rule the world. Psalm 83, the nations of the Arabian Peninsula, largely funded by communists. And by the way, folks, just hang with me. President Trump had cut off funding that was going to Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas, Palestinians, a lot of the middle, the, the just aid money going to the Middle East. And let me prove something to you. Hang with me, folks. Over the, the last 20 years, among all the money given to the Palestinians, there was a $5 billion gift to create a desalination plant. In other words, to make seawater potable, drinkable. And I was reading in an article in the Wall Street Journal, and it was corroborated in the Atlantic. So this is not some right-wing Christian. But they were saying the $5 billion that was to provide fresh water for Gaza, not one drop of fresh water has been created because the money was used uh, for terrorism that included children with knapsack bombs. So here's the thing. Uh, Trump cut off money to Iran, Palestinian countries, and uh, Biden reinstated it. And David Fellman, the former ambassador to Israel, spoke Thursday night. I was sitting 12 feet away. And he said, let's be honest. If Donald Trump had been in the White House, we know the attacks of October 7 would not have happened. And that is truth. Now, we've got a break. Uh, Robert, hang on. Linda, hang on. Callers, we will get to you. 719-619-2341. Um, Quickly, we've got 20 seconds. Uh, Wayne, before this break, what is your website? America Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with ARMY and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry, and encouragement our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. 
Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Welcome back to this show, Truth and Liberty. By the way, the, the shows are archived at truthandliberty.net. There's a lot of great content that Richard Harris writes. Uh, some of my articles have been posted. Be a subscriber. Go to truthandliberty.net slash subscribe. And please tell your friends and let's grow the audience of this show together. Because look, you know, the left, love, their ultimate slur that they hope will cower you into silence is to call you a Christian nationalist. Look, we're Christians. We believe in Jesus. We love America. Does that make us the bad guy? I don't think so. We just care about the future of our country. And so does our guest, author, commentator, Wayne White. He's the author of the book, The Decline of America, The Rise of Communism. Very insightful a voice uh, that I would urge you to listen to. Uh, Robert, before the break, we were talking about our enemies. Now, hang with me, folks. And I want to share something. I thought about this, and the only other commentator that, I, that I've met that, that understood what I'm about to say is, is Andrew Womack. Now, listen to this. When will the end of the world come? Well, maybe it's kind of like a sliding scale. Let me tell you what I mean. Um, when I, shortly after I became a Christian, I was about 21, um, I met an elderly pastor. He's long since gone to heaven. And he was talking about during the time of Hitler. Hitler was part Jewish. Hitler hated Christianity. Hitler hated the Jews. Hitler wanted to be a world-dominating uh, you know, dictator. And this elderly pastor told me, this was way back about... 1986, he said, during the time of the Third Reich, we just knew this guy must be the Antichrist. Surely the end of the world is upon us. Well, we know that didn't happen because there were some gutsy, courageous Christians like Winston Churchill and like uh, FDR and then others, and people prayed. And in Europe and in America, and I've talked to many elderly people that remember this, people would have all-night prayer vigils, and the end of the world was staved off. Well, what about now? Um, Robert, to your question, Christ is victorious. The enemies of Israel will be vanquished. The Antichrist and his minions will be eliminated. But will it be now or will it be later? Will America fall? See, uh, Wayne, and I want you to comment. I believe the salvation of God is as close by as a prayer. But look, uh, our history is being erased. God is being mocked. Look, statues of Satan are being put in state capitals. Where are the preachers crying out? Where are uh, the, the 
half a million ordained clergy ought to be able to say to every elected official, you vote godly, you rule constitutionally, or we will see that you lose the next election. And, and yet politicians, they're not afraid of preachers because most preachers, they wouldn't have the courage to stand in a pulpit and lay the cards on the table. Uh, many pastors are left-leaning themselves. And so I don't know. I know. Look, God is more willing to save this nation than we're even willing to ask for it. But the 100 million Christians, we're not praying we're not begging God for a reprieve. And so uh, the end of the world, could, the can could be kicked down the road and we could see a revival. But Wayne, I just don't see us desperate yet, do you? No, let me tell you a story my grandfather told me. It was at the end of the Second World War and in France there was a church that got bombed out and in the front of the church they had a statue of Christ and it got destroyed and they put it back together, but they couldn't find the hands. So they decided on a scripture and it said, he has no hands, but yours. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, because yeah. folks, um, here, here's the thing. And, and Robert, I, uh, I thank you for this good question and everybody watching. Look, God is in control. Uh, his purposes for history and the human race will be realized. But you know what? Um, like Ronald Reagan said many years ago, freedom is not passed on in the genes. Every upcoming generation must understand America, be invested, care about America. Look, you don't think I've taken heat for standing up for Donald Trump, urging people to vote? And I've lost lots of speaking engagements from milquetoast pastors that they wanted me to come preach. I'm happy to preach. We've seen a quarter million people in 30 years. I give God the glory. I've seen a quarter million people walk an aisle and pray to get saved. I'll do it till the day I die. But... It, it, to take a stand, people, it, it's, it comes with a price. And so it's easy. You could just be quiet, be nice, live until you die and go to heaven. But that's not why God left us here. Jesus put us here to be courageous for truth. Jesus saves us, but then uses us. We don't just get raptured to heaven one minute after conversion. We live our lives like Matthew 11, verse 12, to fight the darkness, stand for truth, persuade people. And so I want to challenge everybody watching, get out of the comfort zone and get into the, the spirited contest for God and country. That's, that's, that's a life worth living. Let's go to South Carolina. Linda, thanks for holding 719-619-2341. Linda, welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you. My question is really about why communism is not really taught in our schools like it was years ago. I started first grade in 1957. So that was the height of McCarthyism years and, and 
every night when we sat down to supper, Huntley and Brinkley were on the TV, and that was often a topic of conversation or of the news. And I grew up fearing um, the communists and communism coming into this country. I was visiting my aunt in Miami in the summer of 1962, and we went deep sea fishing, and we watched Russian warships headed towards Cuba. And so the Bay of Pigs was a major concern. So I grew up with that fear, and and, uh, we had the drills where we got under our desks to protect us from a nuclear attack, which we know today was would be useless. But the children today, the kids in school, are not taught about communism. Then about five years ago, I went to Cuba, and I saw communism firsthand. People just, even adults, there are so many adults today that do not know the reality of communism. But the kids need to be taught this in school, and I don't understand why it's not. Mm. Good question. Hold that thought. Wayne, uh, do you have any insights on this? Yeah, I would disagree with it. It is being taught. The problem is it's being taught as a positive, not as a negative. But believe me, it is being taught. Marxism, communism, what's being taught is anti-Americanism. And so, uh, and I understand. I remember a weekly reader, and this goes back, you know, to the Stone Age, but (laughs) it said, the communists want peace, and then they had it spelled like a piece of pie, and so that was then. They, they want a piece of this country, a piece of that country, and so, yes, um, we, the, if you read my book, you'll see the progression of communism and how they took over the, the uh, entertainment industry and uh, about the hearings at the uh, House on american Activities and how they got into the schools. And yes, we were in the 40s an anti-communist country. Yeah, Uh, I remember it too, uh, Linda, to your question and Wayne, uh, I'm, I'm old enough in the early to mid 70s, we had the bomb drills that we got under the desks and I was, let's call it what it was, the USSR, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. And it wasn't just Russia, it was the USSR. And I, I've got to tell you guys, I grew up very fearful of the USSR, fearful of communism. And uh, I remember my teacher at Pleasant Garden Elementary, you know, would give illustrations. Let's say that you have a lemonade stand and you, you work hard and you sell lemonade and all the other kids on the street, they don't help out at all. And you make $10, but you just have to give eight of it away to those who didn't even work. And I remember all of us kids, we were thinking, well, that's not right. But, you know, those, those little illustrations in my rural North Carolina elementary school, they helped me realize that communism was unjust, unfair, was bad. But Linda, I think to your point, um, the uh, Department of Education and the National Teachers Unions, the federalization of public education, um, it has... First of all, I don't think that's constitutional at all, um, but they've, it's anti-Americanism is taught and anti-communism is not taught because the educational gatekeepers themselves are Marxist. Wayne, would you agree? Absolutely. You'll find most professors 
are what I call professional students who then became assistants to professors who then became professors. So they've swam in that sewer their entire lives and with very few exceptions. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um, and you, you know, I was at a Quaker school debating the chaplain who was a, a lefty, if I ever met one. And this was a Quaker university, supposedly a Christian school. And during a spiritual emphasis week, in addition to all the, the communists they had there, they had a Wiccan, a, a, a woman that was a Wiccan, a witch, speak during spiritual emphasis week. And I was speaking as a Christian. I think I was the only real Christian there. But I was talking to some of the professors and this chaplain that was a Marxist. And come to find out, he had never had a job in the public sector. He, the guy was like 60, and he had grown up, gone to college on a grant, lived in a, you know, a, a youth hostel in the Middle East, uh, come back, been in higher education. He had never been out in the real world. And Wayne, isn't that the case with so many of these ivory tower academicians? They've, they've lived on, they don't know where money comes from. They don't know how wealth is created. And they're, they're in my opinion, with this uh, pipe dream of a global Marxist utopia, they've never, like you say, swam in the real waters, but they've been in the stagnated liberal classroom all their lives. They don't know how the real world works. No, they don't. Uh, I, I was talking to a liberal the other day, and I gave him what I consider one of the best explanations. I said, you know, I, I don't think anybody would argue that the Chinese are probably the best educated people in the world today, but the system they are under doesn't work, and that's why they have to steal all of their technology. Their latest carrier is almost a carbon copy of our latest carrier. Their aircraft are copies. Uh, almost everything they do is a copy of somebody else, whether yeah. they steal it from Britain or Germany. So if the system doesn't work, what does that tell you? And that's because there's no incentive. Like you said, uh, if you built an Apple computer in your garage, you don't own it. The state owns it. You are nothing. And the state, as you pointed out earlier, is basically the God. And that is who you answer to. Yeah. You know, I think I told you the other day that One World, uh, the World Economic Forum, their supposed slogan, and I haven't been able to verify it is, but a lot of people give it credit, is you will own nothing and you will be happy. And that's true. When they take over, they, you're, they're going to tell you, uh, this lady said she went to Cuba. In Cuba, a doctor makes $20 a month, you know, mm -hmm. and when you graduate from high school, they'll tell you where you're going to, what you're going to do. And if you don't have a good um, grade level, you automatically go in the Army, and that's your career. And one of our tour guides, uh, her daughter was, uh, they wanted her to be a doctor, and she couldn't stand the sight of blood. She said, I got to get her out of this country because... They're going to force her to take, uh, you know, be, become a doctor, study to become a doctor. So you don't control your life under communism. Uh, if I can say one other thing, the reason America is being attacked, and I thought of this the other day, we're 
the freest, best economic, or used to be anyway, mm -hmm. the best economic platform the world has ever seen. So yeah. these one-worlders, if you think of a truck rolling down a hill, we're the chalk. We're the one keeping them from taking over the world because as long as they can point to the United States, people have something else to look at. And so yeah. until they destroy us, they can't literally take over the world. But believe me, when they do, yeah. then the world is going to be run by a group of people, and they're going to tell you what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Uh, Linda, are you still there, Linda, from South Carolina? Yes. Yeah. I'm here. Um, can you point out a time, did you ever notice a time when education began to shift? And let, let me add this. Look, I remember up until junior high, we saluted the flag every morning. We had like an opening exercise. We said the Pledge of Allegiance. And um, I went to public school and public college. But I remember, listen, in even to my 12th grade year, the, in Glee Club, we had a Christmas concert. We sang Irving Berlin, but we also sang Silent Night and there was no lawsuit. I, we actually, in the choir at my pub, Southeast Guilford High School, we would sing the Hallelujah Chorus at Christmas. Um, I remember it was patriotic, and it was, if not overtly Christian, at least it wasn't anti-Christian. When, when do you think the change began in public K-12 education? Well, I started teaching in a public high school in 1977, and we had morning, uh, led over the school intercom, we had a morning devotion and the Pledge of Allegiance and a prayer and in 77 and 78. We got a new principal, and he stopped all of it. So for that school, that's when it stopped for us. Um, and it never came back. Uh, I yeah. retired in 2010, so that never came back except for the pledge. The pledge did come back, and um, but students didn't always want to stand up, and they'd say, you can't make me say it. I said, no, but I can make you be quiet and have respect, and they did. Wow. But uh, so it was in the late 70s when I started to see the change. Now, whenever we had school concerts and things, we would still have, especially like at Christmas, there would still be some what we considered Christmas carols that you might find in a church hymnal. But um, it might be one. Yeah. We still had them. But I was in a rural school. And so I think that made a difference being in a rural school rather than a an urban school, but you, I definitely was in the school system with all of these changes coming about. And so about, I saw the history that I saw, and then my daughter graduated high school in 2001. She was not taught the history of communism uh, like I was. And right. so the 33 years I spent in high school, I did not see the kids being taught about communism um, as a positive or, or a negative. They just really weren't it was almost like a, a bypass word or 15-minute talk about communism, then let's move on to something else. So I yeah. just it just really gets me, because after I went to Cuba and witnessed it firsthand, I mean, yes, I had lived through the, the 50s and 60s and 70s and on 
but to actually witness it firsthand, it just really opened my eyes. I wish that people, especially young people, could experience yeah. visiting a communist country and yeah. they would get rid of all those thoughts of anything to deal with communism in any form. Yeah. You know, uh, thank you, Linda. Thank you. And Wayne, uh, just about four or five years ago, we I've told this story, forgive my repetition, folks, but we brought some Ethiopian pastors to uh, the USA for a conference. And I picked them up at the airport, went into a grocery store to get the guys something to eat. Just an ordinary grocery store, nothing special at all. These two men from Ethiopia went into just the most commonplace grocery store. Their mind was blown. This guy asked, he says, is there a food repository like this in every city? I said, there's a food repository like this on just about every street corner. I mean, Wayne, the bounty, the affluence, the opulence that we have, the rest of the world looks at with awe and envy. But folks, I can tell you, statism, Marxism, communism did not give us this prosperity and this bounty. Right now, there are 300 choices of breakfast cereal from Frosted Flakes to Honey Bunches of Oats. You're not going to get that in North Korea, folks. Uh, All the cars, the technology. Uh, Wayne, people don't realize that um, what the most mundane, ordinary city in America is like Disneyland compared to what people live in in third world communist dictatorships, isn't it? Absolutely. And our problem is... As I said, whoever controls the input, we're, we don't have control of the schools. And in the book, you'll find in 2000, and this is crazy, 2000, a Communist Party USA, and there's a speech in there from the Youth League, and he is talking about how many high schools that they have infiltrated. Now, this is 2020, and everybody needs to read that. That's 2020. They didn't slow down. And they're talking about infiltrating high schools, not colleges, and how successful they were. So, no, you know, we don't teach that. We've just lost control of the country. And you're right. We need, and I think we're getting somewhat of a revival in this country. It may be slow and a little bit maybe underground, but it is still happening. And it's, 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 it's got to be accelerated, if, if yeah. nothing else. Got to be accelerated. Uh, I want to get another call in. We've got Barbara from Colorado, and Barbara is a student in the School of Practical Government. It's basically a political science from a constitutional Christian perspective. The School of Practical Government, which I would urge everyone watching to check out. Barbara, thanks for holding, and welcome to Truth and Liberty. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. Um, You were talking earlier on the show about that churches, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, churches didn't speak out. Well, the same thing is happening with other issues. Um, And I wanted to encourage people. There's a great documentary that's out right now that's based on a book by Eric Metaxas called Letter to the American Church. And um, it talks about 
what what happened in Germany, and the same thing is going to happen here. It's going to it's going to come here. What happened in Germany? The churches in Germany were silent, and the churches yeah. here in America are silent, and that that's got to change because uh, it'll be destruction of our country. And yes. uh, my mother was a Holocaust survivor. She was from Poland. And I used wow. to hear all the stories, the, the uh, horror stories of the Germans and what she went through. So I don't want to see that happen in our country. I want Barbara, hold that yeah. thought. Uh, folks, listen to this. I was in Nashville, Tennessee last week with Eric Metaxas. Eric has been a friend for well over 15 years. Brilliant, brilliant scholar, best-selling author. He wrote... Uh, probably the biggest selling book on Dietrich Bonhoeffer that's ever been published. And then he's written many books, uh, but he wrote Letter to the American Church. Well, last week, folks, I was with several thousand people and the filmmakers, Barbara, you mentioned Letter to the American Church, the documentary, uh, Simone Alex and Rachel Tash. This documentary is amazing. And Barbara, I was in this convention center and we were doing radio and people were all around raving about this documentary. Um, folks, please, I beg of you, I beg of you in your church, if you're a pastor or you can talk to your clergy, show this documentary. I promise you it will change your life. It will, it will inspire you. It will motivate you. Uh, letter to the American Church. Barbara, this documentary can be shown in churches and in public venues, can't it? Yes, it can be shown in churches free. They just have to go on the website, lettertotheamericanchurch.com, and you scroll down to the bottom, and there's a, a small form to fill out, and they'll send you the screening to your church. It'll be free. Now, if somebody wants to see it other than that, uh, you can go on Epoch Times, and you pay a small fee to see it. But yeah. it's, it's a powerful, riveting documentary, and I, I encourage all churches in this country to watch it. <laughs> yes, it, it really is amazing. And uh, folks, something, God is at work here, but here's the thing, and, and Wayne, I want to give you, we've only got a, a few minutes. Look, history for decades has looked back at the Church of Germany during the ascendancy of Adolf Hitler. And I've, I've heard scholars, ministers, pundits, they'll say, why didn't the church do anything? Why didn't preachers preach? Why didn't Christians pray? Hitler was a, a genocidal despot and the church could have stopped him. Why didn't they? People are going to say the same thing about the United States. Here is a nation, a hundred million adult born again Christians, 345,000 churches, 500,000 ordained clergy, clergy, folks, I, I beg of you to care about America. Understand we have been the arm of benevolence for two centuries. Go anywhere in the world and, and find the betterment of the human condition. And American Christianity has helped fund it and achieve it. And that's why we're in the crosshairs. And one of the great resources, not only, as Barbara pointed out, the, the incredible documentary, Letter to the American Church, Google it tonight, find out about that. But also, Wayne, your book, The Decline of America, 
It's, it's great. I'm so glad you've written that. Um, and uh, a, a final thought as we, and you and, I, you and I must visit again before the fall elections, but a, a final challenge to us. Wayne. Well, what I used to tell my conservative groups when I was giving a speech to them, I said, it's not enough to attend. You have to participate. I think that goes for churches also. Yeah. It's not enough to attend. You have to participate. Get involved. And the so, website is americadecline.com. Yes. And America. Amazon, you can get the book uh, on audio. So if you like listening to books versus reading, you can also get the paperback. Yes. Uh, well, praise God. Um, let, me, uh, let me do this. I'm going to see if we can squeeze a question in. We've got Deborah from Australia. Deborah, thanks for holding. Sorry, we've only got yes. two minutes, but we'll try yes, to get to probably you. be enough. I was um, very upset by your comments that you made about graduate students swimming in sewers and being communists. I was a graduate student while I was bringing up two children, supporting my husband, working in a restaurant and doing my hospital service. So next time you're in hospital and you have somebody looking after you, just think about what they put themselves through to go through that training. Really, how dare you? You well, well, hey, hey, um, no, 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 you should apologize. You didn't say, hey, hey, look, I've spoken. De Deborah, listen to this. I know what we meant by that was the classroom content. Look, I applaud hard work. I put myself through three graduate degrees. God bless you. I, my hat's off to you working. And in I hospitals. apologize if it was taken out of context. I said, and those people go on to become professors. Yes. You became a nurse. I have nothing with people going to graduate school, but when they go through all of that only to become a professor and teach the bad stuff they've learned, and not every student and every professor is that way. So, yes, that was but, a general statement, and I apologize. But, Deborah, I've spoken at more than 100 American secular universities, Yale, Harvard, Texas A&M, Florida State, uh, NC State, Chapel Hill, uh, University of California at San Diego, I assure you the majority of grad programs and certainly the four-year undergrad state-supported schools, the content, the classroom content uh, is like a sewer. It's anti-God, anti-America. It is hyper-woke, gender-fluid. God bless the students working. What's so sad, though, is students work hard, pay tuition, and they d get a degree that is anti-God, anti-America. Deborah, please forgive us. Folks, thanks for watching. Wayne, God bless you. God bless you for watching. And please tell somebody about Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.